0: Well, as I uh, get started this morning, I I just want to, before I jump into anything else, I just want to say to so many of our volunteers and people who uh, just gave a huge effort last week, thank you for uh, helping us to really have a great week, and I really appreciate all of the extra effort. And uh, you know, uh, for us as a staff, uh, what we did last Sunday with all of the doors up here and our invitation at the end for you to walk through the doors, um, we perceived that as a bit dangerous because we weren't sure how people would respond to that, and we thought, You know, what happens if we invite everybody to walk through the doors and nobody really does it? That's going to be a little weird. So thank you. Thank you for your uh, response to that and just uh, courageously letting God work and uh, His Spirit being so powerful uh, in the way that He worked last week as we shared that. And uh, I want to say to you, if you walked through those doors last week and uh, there's this stuff going on in your life that you really wish you could talk to somebody about or we could help you in some way, Our staff is available, and uh, simply an email or a phone call or stopping us afterwards today, uh, we'd love to have the chance to talk to you. Especially, I want to say to you, if you walk through the door that was over here, the door that we talked about that leads to new life in Jesus um, last week, we would really love to have the opportunity to talk to you about making sure you've got that relationship with Jesus right in your life and that you're really allowing him to lead. And we'd like to talk to you about the the step that follows that, making that public declaration of your faith in Jesus by being baptized. And so, if we could talk to you about that or help you with that in any way, please, again, just a phone call, an email, stop us today, and we'd love to have the chance to talk to you about that. Well, we're going to dive into this new series today called My Secret. And uh, I've never been to Las Vegas, but I understand if you go there, you uh, see this sign. And it kind of welcomes, you know, the city of Las Vegas has been doing a big promotional campaign over the last several months, and you've heard their motto, what happens in Las Vegas? That's right. You know, I think a lot of us live by the same motto in our lives. What happens in private stays in private. What we do in secret stays in secret. What we do behind the blinds stays there. Now the city of Las Vegas, their promoters would like us to believe that we can go there and we can be involved in certain actions, some of them which we would probably consider wrong, and, but then we can go back home and just live our normal life and there's no harm or nothing to fear in that. What they fail to mention is that certain things, certain parts of what they're inviting us to participate in can lead to destruction and to addiction. And they fail to mention that the glamour of all of that can quickly fade to shame and regret and to pain. And a lot of us would like to ignore the danger of what we do in secret. We'd like to ignore the danger of what we do behind those closed blinds. Today we're going to begin to talk about that and how God feels about that. In fact, the Bible says it this way in Proverbs 28 verse 13. The writer of Proverbs says, those who conceal their sins do not prosper. In other words, those who live behind the blinds, those who have secrets that they keep from everyone, God can't bless them. God does not prosper them. Their life with God is not all that it could be. But, he says, as he continues to write, but those who confess and renounce them find mercy. Those who are willing to deal honestly with the secrets of their lives, those who are willing to deal honestly with their sin. God says people like that will find mercy, and they will find forgiveness. And that's our goal in this series, is to deal honestly with some of the things that often we do behind the blinds, the secret sins of our lives. But as we do that, to recognize and to find that God wants to offer to us forgiveness and cleansing, He wants to pour mercy into our lives. And so I want to declare to you today on behalf of God that if you are willing to confess what goes on in the secret parts of your lives, that He wants to forgive you and say to you, you are forgiven. Well, we're going to dive in today with the first secret sin. And I think often we associate this first secret sin with this character. Pinocchio. Uh, uh Hello, Sir June. Well, uh, this is a pleasant surprise. Ha <laughs> Pinocchio, why didn't you go to school? School? Well, I um Go ahead, tell her. I was going to school till I met somebody. Met somebody? Yeah, uh, two big monsters with big green eyes. I, I, Monsters? I... Weren't you afraid? No, ma'am, but they tied me in a big sack. You don't say. And where was Sir Jiminy? Uh-huh. Oh, Jiminy? Hey, uh, leave me out of this. They put him in a little sack. No. Yes. How did you escape? I didn't. They chopped me in a firewood. Been telling the truth, Pinocchio. Perhaps. Oh, but I have. Every single word. Oh, please help me. I'm awful sorry. You see, Pinocchio, a lie keeps growing and growing until it's as plain as the nose on your face. She's right, Pinocchio. You better come clean. I'll never lie again. Honest, I won't. Please, Your Honor. Uh, uh, I mean, Miss Fairy. Give him another chance, for my sake, will you? I'll forgive you this once, but remember, a boy who won't be good might just as well be made of wood. We'll be good, won't we? Very well, but this is the last time I can help you. We're going to talk about lying today because lying really is kind of a foundational principle when it comes to our secret keeping or to our private lives that we try to deceive with. Now, wouldn't it be, maybe it'd be a good thing, you know, if every time we told a lie, our nose got a a little bit longer. I'm not sure how long some of our noses would be. You know, if we were honest this morning and we talked about lying, I think it's something we're all tempted by. How how many of you would say that uh, at some point in my life, I have told some lies, yeah, and look around, if there's anybody that doesn't have their hand up, they're probably the biggest liar in the room. <laughs> I mean, lying just seems to come naturally for us, doesn't it? it? You know, as parents, we don't have to bring our children in and sit them down on the couch one day and say to them, now today we're going to have a lesson on how to lie. I mean, they just seem to naturally know how to do it. We've all seen the, you know, the picture of the child with his chocolate all over his face, and you know, did you take that candy bar? No, I didn't, I didn't touch it. No, it just seems to come naturally to us. And because it's so easy for us, we've even made up uh, euphemisms to kind of make it sound like it's not such a big deal. Instead of saying we lie, we say, oh, I told a little fib or a little story or it was a little white lie or I stretched the truth a little bit. Politicians say, you know, I misspoke or I was misquoted. Um, the media says, oh, we're just putting a little spin on this story. Lying has become very common. Uh, I think there are three categories of liars. By the way, let me tell you this. Do you know that it takes uh, more power, uh, more mental power to tell a lie than it does to tell the truth? Yeah, Temple University in 2004 actually did a study, and they discovered that uh, what happens in your brains, about four parts of your brains have to be activated to tell the truth. It takes seven things to happen in your brain for you to tell a lie. So you could actually conserve brain energy, maybe lengthen your life if you didn't tell so many lies. Well, I think there are three kinds of liars that I want to talk about. Uh, The philosopher Augustine said there are eight kinds of lies. Mark Twain said there are 869 kinds of lies. I'm not sure where he got his number. But today we'll just stick with uh, identifying three broad categories of liars. Uh, The first is the person who lies uh, just occasionally. Just occasionally. Now, This is the person that just occasionally stretches the truth or tells a little fib, and they do it because they don't want to hurt somebody's feelings, or they want to make somebody feel better, you know, oh, your hair looks great today, really, or boy, that was a great talk that you gave, or you played a great game, you know, or they maybe stretch the truth a little bit just to think they'll encourage somebody, or they want to make an incident sound a little more exciting, so they stretch the truth a little bit, you know, the fish was was this big, you know. That's one category of liars. Uh, There were some boys who were standing in a circle one day around a a stray dog and a minister came up to them and said, what are you boys doing? They said, we're telling lies and whoever tells the biggest lie gets the dog. The minister very disgustedly said, well, when I was a boy your age, we never even thought of telling lies. The boys all just kind of shrugged their shoulders and one of them said, okay, I guess he gets the dog. (laughs) The next category are people who lie often. Maybe it's about our finances we want people to think that we are financially okay and so we put on this front on a regular basis that says everything's okay but but it's not or or maybe we lie often to make ourselves look better we tell lies about other people just to build ourselves up maybe we lie often at work to get ahead of everybody else but we lie on a regular basis on a fairly frequent basis and oftentimes it's just so that we can look good Then there is a third category, and this is the one that terrifies me because, honestly, I believe way too many people live in this category, and this is that life is a lie. You are living a lie. Can you identify with that? I would be honest this morning and tell you there was a time in my life many, many, many years ago where I, for a time, lived a life because there was stuff going on in my life that I didn't want other people to know about, and so I lived behind a lie so that nobody would really know what was going on in my life. What frightens me about this category of liars is that people who live in this arena get to the point they really can't tell what is truth anymore. Everything is just a lie. While we're being really honest this morning, I am confident there are probably some people around here who come here on a regular basis and they claim while they're here that, yeah, I'm a Christ follower. I'm all about doing what God wants me to do. But the rest of the week, Monday through Saturday, their life really isn't any different than people who do not claim to follow Christ. The way they respond in their marriage, it's no difference. Their morals, their integrity, no difference. And they're living a lie. I'm guessing there are people maybe even here this morning, who would say, yeah, I I follow God. I'm a Christ follower. I'm all about that. But you are not fulfilling your marriage vows. You're having an affair. Maybe there's someone here this morning who was single. And today you would say, yeah, I'm all about God. I'm all about following Him. But during the week, you're hopping from bed to bed. Maybe there are some students here today that in front of their parents would say, oh yeah, I'm a great Christian kid. I always try to do what's right. But when the parents are out of sight and they're living their life behind the blinds, they say, forget that. And they're living a lie. There are probably some people here today who have something going on in their life that they just keep covering up and they are hoping and praying that nobody ever finds out. Life has become a lie. Now for those of you who think, I'm just an occasional liar, you're feeling pretty good right now, aren't you? But can I tell you this morning, God hates all lying. God hates lying in any and every form. In fact, listen to what the Bible says in Proverbs chapter 12, verse 22. It says that the Lord, God, detests lying lips, but he delights in people who are trustworthy. God hates lying lips. Proverbs chapter 6 describes six things that God hates and seven things that are detestable to him and of the